You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Alrighty, we gotta pull up our other Facebook group online. I wonder why that just doesn't come up automatically. I don't know, maybe it's because there's two Facebook pathways. I don't know. It's working hard though. We're working hard. Yeah. We're in. Yeah. Good morning. Maybe the everybody. software hits them one at a time. Maybe. I. Uh, either way, StreamYard's pretty awesome. So uh, we'll appreciate it and uh, be able to stream across all these platforms at once. You know, uh, we'll take it. But the welcome in, guys. It is Thursday morning, eight o'clock Mountain Time, and it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. Scott, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. My dad just came over this morning and changed out my thermostat, so it is blowing cool air into my hot office, and so we should stay in the 70s instead of breaking mid-80s, and I'm sitting here doing this by the end of the, wiping sweat off my on my brow by the end of the show, so should be should be good. Um, yeah. th- the summer's heating up, but we are cooling down. Well, that's awesome. Lucky that you have a, a handyman, old man, sticking around. That's why I'm not handy. Uh, it's, I do electronics for him. He does elect electric for me. I am the same way with a bunch of different stuff, you know, electronics, you know, general stuff going on, but the uh, landscaping, my dad's a landscape architect. I do not know the first thing about that. People ask me questions. I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I, I water the lawn sometimes. That's, that's yeah. the extent. I, of it. I actually enjoy cutting the grass, but I don't like doing all the pickup and the, the trimming and cleanup stuff. Yeah. That's, that's no fun. That's, and Fitbit, I don't know if you're a Fitbit person or anything like that, gives you not nearly enough credit for yard work because I'll be outside for two minutes and I'm drenched. Like I just yeah. ran 100 miles. Yeah, that's uh, – nope, not for me. Like pulling weeds and stuff, I can do that. But uh, the actual landscape, leave that for the old man. Um, we got Robert coming in. Robert Rybel, the $5 super, speaking of good, he says, good morning, gents. Hey, Nick, what's been one of the toughest mountains you've summited? Um, I've done Mount St. Helens twice. Um, the first time it was uh, whiteout conditions at the top with 60 mile an hour winds. Um, it was so cold that I used a pair of long underwear as like a, a scarf and a socks as an extra pair of gloves. So uh, that was really tough. Um, and it's, St. Helens is really tough because of the last like three fourths of a mile is pea sized rock and ash at like a 50 degree angle. So you're literally just sliding backwards the whole time. Like every step you go forward, you slide back about half a step um, for that last half mile, which is incredibly tough and then you have to like navigate a boulder going downfield um the other toughest one i've done is probably long's peak in uh, colorado i know that's a pretty popular one a lot of people have done but uh that's the only I've, the only 14 or i've done technically uh because there's 10,000 14 you're starting higher up in colorado guys they're, they're tall but you're starting higher up too um so uh those are the toughest ones but man mount st helens is a unique challenge but now i got that itch i want to do all five of the strata volcanoes in washington state um eyeing uh, mount adams for next spring gotta get the mountaineering gear but uh i'm gonna do it we're gonna get it done but uh what about you scott you done any mountain mountaineering any climbs no no that's not my thing but i do enjoy uh a former colleague mark pattison just finished the seventh summit uh if you haven't if you haven't followed him on instagram or someplace um at mark pattison nfl look him up he just became i think the oldest person to do all seven summits but he was the first former nfl player to do all seven summits good friend of ours mm-hmm. uh mine and chad's and um the transformation that he took uh doing the last one of everest is mm-hmm. staggering I, I think he dropped like 25 30 pounds and he went from you know big former nfl wide receiver buff looking older dude to oh my god God, he's dying. His God. after picture of of doing ever so, the the stuff that they do is is just crazy. And uh, two things, I'm gonna get to Robert after we say hello to everybody. Robert says you have to know how to do the basic stuff, uh, cars, engines. Now engines are a little different. Now if it's changing the oil or basic maintenance or uh, my radiator uh, fell apart, I, I could do that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I can change tires and wheels and all that kind of basic stuff. But you need to be an electrician to do or a computer science engineer to do cars these days. Come on. That's uh, even mechanics don't work on cars anymore. They they do those remotely. It's all software based these days. It's, it's tougher and tougher. I can change my oil and I feel accomplished doing that or, or change a, a blown tire. So uh, we'll, get, we'll get into but, it. But yes, linebackers today, linebackers. 
Absolutely. We're going to do it unless the chat has something else going on. We can talk about all the peaks. And I think Scott, when he was talking about there, he meant the seven summits, the seven summits, probably the tallest one on each continent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He did. He, yeah. he did all of them and just finished with because there was one he had to go back and do. I don't remember which one, but it, it blizzard. It may have been it may have been Antarctica where he had to go back and try and do it twice. Um, but then, and then he got COVIDed out cause he was supposed to do, uh, Everest in 2020. Um, and you know, the, the mental preparation to do that and the disappointment, uh, you know, yeah. we talk about the, we talk about the nature of competitive athletes, of the athletes that make it to the highest level and the mental capacity that they have to be great. It's just, it's on a different level. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I've heard from doctors and stuff that operate on, on these, on, on professional athletes and they stuff, they're just, you know, the, the density of the muscle tissue and all this stuff, it's just a different caliber of human being all around. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. just different than you and me, you know, for better, or for worse. They're born. Stars are born. Um, but, uh, yeah, no guys, <laughs> welcome in. Speaking of stars, this is Broncos for breakfast. You guys can follow us two stars. Now um, you can follow us both on Twitter, uh, Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. And while you guys are over there, make sure you follow us also at Huddle Up Pod and Mile High Huddle. Um, thank, shout out to the Facebook people so far who have been in here. Gary Leeds Palmer, dropping the heart. Thank you, Gary Leeds. You're the best. Uh, and we also got a couple likes on Facebook. Hunter's in the house. We got Christopher Espinoza. Uh, if you guys are joining us on Facebook today, please quickly go over. Just click the thumbs up, click the heart, click the care react, click the wow react. You know, we'll take any of them. Click the sad react. You know, that's engagement. I need it. Uh, pour it into my veins. Uh, also, while you guys are over there, make sure you follow us at huddleuppod.com and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle oh, and uh, facebook.com forward slash uh, mile high huddle pod. Uh, YouTube folks, I know there's a lot of YouTube people in here. You can be like our buddy Robert who joined us today. Thank you very much for the super chat already kicking us off. But if you guys are like Robert joining us today or not like Robert, where you're in a position where you can uh, contribute financially. That's okay. That's totally fine. Make sure you click the thumbs up. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share. Doing all of that can help us a heck of a lot. And while you guys are over on YouTube, make sure that you go to Scott's page at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And at some point during the show, I'll drop his uh, link in the chat. Uh, so you guys can click that as well if you need, if you want. But Scott's dropping a bunch of good stuff. The preseason is right around the corner. Training camp's right around the corner. NFL's right around the corner. The sunset on the NBA now we're here. It's football season. And uh, Scott, there was a big, uh, I don't know how much of a basketball guy you are. I'm not the biggest basketball follower. I played basketball, got dunked on by, uh, oh God, man, who is the, he went to Ames High School. It'll come to me. Somebody who played in the NFL for a while. Harrison Barnes went up against Harrison Barnes. That did not go well. <laughs> but uh, he, went to, he went to North Carolina, didn't he? Uh, yes, but he mm-hmm. was from uh, Ames. Um, also, his uh, teammate was McDermott, uh, who went to uh, McDermott, played his dad, I think, coached at, uh, Creighton maybe he went to Iowa State there for a little bit too it's been so long it's been too many beers ago um but uh yeah no it's uh basketball how do you feel about the schedule for the basketball this season I really like the NBA championship ending in July and now it's like boom football I know baseball is the pastime but uh now it feels like there's just so little and we're already right here for football yeah I I, I didn't pay too much attention and and frankly you know with with the I, I was a huge NBA fan in the 80s and 90s um, and then it kind of tailed off the the first lockout in 98. I said, that's it. I'm boycotting these greedy, greedy owners because it wasn't a strike. It was a lockout. Um, mm-hmm. And that also in t- that was in the same span that the Hawks fell off a cliff because uh, they were a pretty good team then. And I moved, moved to California. Um, and then Shaq and Kobe made and I couldn't stand Kobe Bryant. May he rest in peace. The player, not the person. And Shaq and Kobe made the NBA boring because <laughs> it was like nobody's beating these guys and you know and then kids and everything so I haven't watched the NBA in years in in, in years you know something had to give with my time uh, as I poured it into all this other stuff but uh I might try I said I'm not going to hop on the Hawks bandwagon this year because I'll jinx them but uh I'm probably you know they're they're a young and exciting team and I, I want to watch Trey Young and so I'll probably start at the beginning of next year and start watching them uh watching them more often for sure I did not know this until recently, but uh, the Atlanta Hawks, they originated from near my hometown on the Mississippi River on the Illinois side, uh, Moline. They were one of the first teams there, and they were the Tri-City Blackhawks. Uh, Chief Black I didn't Hawk know was- that either. You know, We know all about the Braves, but I thought the Falcons and Hawks were Atlanta originals. I didn't know they moved. Yeah, the Blackhawks, the Tri-City Blackhawks, this would have been a long, long time ago. Um, I think it would have even been the ABA days. 
Um, this was like in the late forties, uh, early fifties. So, uh, yep. The Tri-City of Blackhawks in Moline, Illinois. So shout out to the quad cities and, uh, a little bit of history there. And the, the, my dislike for the NBA, the media hasn't helped. You know, no. it, it became just uh, – I enjoy teams. I enjoy players. But you can't throw a stone without somebody trying to compare legacies. It's like, can I just watch yeah. the game without having to hear, is this the best ever? Is this the best ever? Is this the greatest team? Is that the greatest team? Is this the great? Who's this the best ever? Jesus, shut up. So that, that got an it, it quit being about the teams. You can't watch yeah. a game without somebody comparing this player to that player and all this. And this. It's just like, you know, I, I like basketball. It's a cool game. Can we watch the game, please? So uh. that and, and that started with me with Kobe and Jordan, because that's just a disgrace. But, you know, <laughs> it kept going. It got got worse uh-huh. and it's only gotten yeah. worse. So I've yep. I've, uh, you know, no, the NBA is I, I haven't been a big fan. I'm going to give it another shot this year. All right. Well, hopefully everybody's giving the Broncos another shot. Thank you for joining us today for this show. Speaking of the Broncos, Jay asking, also, can we finally go five days a week training camp soon? Um, we have shows five days a week, Jay. It's just not Broncos for breakfast. If that's going to happen, that'll be in the season. Uh, we There's only uh, so much bandwidth to cover that much um, right now. But uh, if, if you're asking for it, and the, the biggest thing is uh, we need to feel the love in the Super Chats as well. If those are pouring in and like, okay, we need to have another show in there to, because the money's just flowing in. That's when it's going to happen. Um, Mike Gibbons coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. Sup, Broncos country. Good morning to you, Mike Gibbons. Dave Glassman, consistent, always love, man. Uh, the orange heart, the blue heart, and the cheers. Uh, shout out to you, Dave. Let us know what's your uh, adult beverage, beverage of choice. I'm definitely basic. I like myself a good IPA, um, but uh, let, let us know. Uh, Mo Ron coming in here. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you, Mo Ron. EJ's in the house, too. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. U.S. Dave's in the house. Good to see you, U.S. Dave. He says, go Broncos. Mr. Sir McLovin over on Twitch. Always got to give the Twitch people a shout out. Good morning, fellas. Good morning to you. Uh, EJ's asking what's for breakfast. We're going to get to linebackers. Facebook user said, morning, Nick, Scott, and John. No, John, but John's going to join me Friday, so we'll see. Uh, Facebook user also saying good morning. Another Facebook user saying good morning, fellas. Just going to try and get my kids through their mom's second heavenly birthday today. Man, don't know who you are, Facebook user, because uh, you're hidden there. But uh, either way, thoughts with you, man. That's uh, that's a lot. That's really heavy. Um, I got no advice. I haven't gone through that um, other than, you know, if reach out on Twitter. Seriously, hit my DMs are open um, if you just need somebody to talk to. I'm, yep, we're thinking about will. you. Yeah, I seriously will. Um, but uh, thinking about you, man, that's that's really rough. Um, F- Fallen Sloth, back in here today. Good morning, Fallen Sloth. He says, good morning in Broncos country. Robert Caslow's in the house. There's the energy I need. I need to drink some coffee. What's up, my Broncos maniacs? There we go. Love it. Um, he asks, uh, is, there, is the third round linebacker going to be a sideline warrior because of injuries? Robert, we'll get to... Uh, uh, Baron Brown in here pretty soon. Um, no doubt about it. We'll talk about it. Oh, Peter Middleton's in the house. Good to see you, Peter. He says, hello, Nick and Steve. Having beers on the rooftop, enjoying Broncos for breakfast. You know what? However you want to do it, be just be safe, be smart. We'll get to it. Uh, but uh, right. let us know. All right. This, is, this, this comes up fairly often, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point this out. My name's not – well, it is Steve. <laughs> my name is Steve. My first name is Steven. My dad's name is Steve. But you didn't know that. No. And I get called Steve all the time like that with people who don't know that. So evidently it fits. So yeah, I'm a I'm a middle name. I go by my middle name. So I'm an S Scott and S is is Steve and Steven. Yeah. But uh I, I stop people when they do that. I'm like, why'd you call me Steve? Oh man, sorry. I just didn't think about it. I'm like, well, no, that's my name, but you didn't know that. So it's <laughs> it's very interesting how often that happened. I got called Chris so many times in high school, I answered to it. But now it's mm. it's definitely more Steve. It's funny. Yeah, I was a, uh, I was fortunate enough to be the oldest sibling. So I and there's a lot of Nicks out there. So I went by Kendall a lot of times, and then I have a younger sister who, unfortunately, then was known as Kendall's sister. So uh, that's just <laughs> kind of how it goes sometimes. I was a big nerd, but um, I did a lot in school, so I guess I was kind of known. Um, yeah, we got that. Peter saying uh, it's the last day of quarantine as well. Good to hear that, Peter. Um, we got Smiley Mary coming in here. Where'd that go? disappeared on me that's okay there she is smile mary smith good to see you smile mary smith um yep oh and here we go i can't even imagine what you're going through greg heart goes out to you and your family uh greg your name didn't show up on our end it says facebook user probably something in the settings but uh heart goes out to you um gary leeds palmer coming in i love broncos for breakfast hello broncos country gary we love you good to see you 
Um, we got Dom in the house. Brendan's in the house. Mo Ron with the $5 super thank you. He's he's pulling for the five days a week show. Great duo. Thanks. DBA's in the house. What's good to y'all? Hope everyone's good. Michael's in the house. Uh, Chris Kar- Karaoke Chris is in the house. Dave Schlosser's in the house. Uh, and Ken Booker is asking some questions as well. It's Greg Smith, Nick. Not sure why I'm hitting. Well, Greg, uh, man, Greg, uh, you always, aloha. Yeah, God, um, really thinking about you today. I don't know why it's coming up, um, but, uh, rough. Um, Nick, have chat upload a video that shows how to fix Facebook user. I think it's just something like the feed today. It's some days it works, some days it doesn't. So, uh, I don't know on that one, but, um, Greg, we're thinking about you, man. That's, uh, that's really rough. Thank you for uh, letting yourself know, um, because, uh, man that's hopefully we'll see it tonight too but that's that's rough man so uh no no easy transition on that one um scott let's get into the uh, the linebackers here we've had a couple questions already about the linebacking core a couple of these guys but uh, we got to get into the starters here and that would be josie jewel uh fourth year player i believe this year uh, drafted in 2018 um 2018 19 20 21 Yep. Um, so he's played, this will be his fourth season. And uh, also, of course, Alexander Johnson used to go by AJ Johnson, but since uh, coming off of his uh, non-guilty verdict, uh, wanted to change his name, put that persona in the past, went from AJ to Alexander. So uh, Broncos, two starting linebacking duos or uh, starting linebackers. This is a position that a lot of people, I feel like there's such a disconnect between myself and a lot of Broncos country when it comes to the linebacking the linebackers in general, but also these linebackers, they're fine. They're not going to be an issue this year. There's a small issue compared to other concerns I have. Could they be a more athletic duo? Sure. Could we have better just pure athleticism and coverage in space? Sure. Are these two going to kill you? No. Are they going to be the reason you lose a game? Probably not. So uh, I I like Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewel. Um, Have you gotten a chance to watch much of them? I know you probably... I I haven't watched them a ton, but you just, you know, knowing in in a 3-4 scheme... They're not supposed to be dynamic playmakers. They're supposed to be steady. They're supposed yep. to be guys that can do a job. Uh, you know, the 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 three four the the worst job in in on the defense and that is is the nose guard because all he's yeah. doing is just holding on to guys and, and occupying space. And then your 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 two middle linebackers, your two inside linebackers behind them, are supposed to just be sure tackling, steady presences. And I think you know, looking at the numbers. Uh, you know, that's what you've got in these two, you know, hundred, you know, almost 250 tackles combined between them. Um, yeah. You know, and it, it, what I like is, is some of the, and f- frankly, Josie Jewell sounds like the outlaw, you know, that's, that's the what outlaw. his nickname is. The, uh, what? That's his nickname. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. it had to be, yeah. <laughs> it just, that, that just makes sense. Like the outlaw, the outlaw Josie Jewell. Okay. That makes sense. Had to be, um, but, you know, looking at his numbers coming out of Iowa, it's just another stark reminder that again, I always have to preface this. If you take me out of context, I'm going to sound like an idiot, but speed is overrated. You know, yeah. why does this guy fall? Because he, he ran a four, eight, you know, at the combine, he was a four, eight guy. Four, eight is fast enough at the middle linebacker. If you know how to play the position, he's only, if, if he's doing it right. Yeah. He needs to go side to side. And he's got to have good lateral movement, but he's running five, six yards at a time and then colliding with people. That's it. You know, that yeah. that's all you need. You need to be able to read, Read the right gap, read the right hole. Shuck, uh, if he's from Iowa, he probably wrestled. I love wrestling linebackers because you cannot cut cut block a wrestler. Can't do it. Yeah. So you know he, he knows how to get rid of his guys and then and then make sure tackle. So uh, very steady here, but we're both free agents. Yeah, that's honestly the biggest thing about this position and the reason maybe taking a linebacker early this last last draft made sense. Um, it's not about. 2021 it's about 2022 2023 2024 and having somebody cost controlled on the roster that is not only you know under your thumb because you already have them on the team but also cheap um so peter middleton coming in here saying broncos for breakfast every bronco needs it in their life well guys if you like peter middleton you guys should definitely go out there and like subscribe and share uh, on youtube or wherever you're doing it you know share the content so we can get it out here and uh, thank you very much for the stars we appreciate it uh very much so yeah, no, that's great. Um, thank you so much. And I, you make a good point here. Uh, let's get into Josie Jewell first. I know he's kind of more of the unheralded of the duo. Alexander Johnson really busted onto the scene uh, the second half of 2019. He was one of the higher rated linebackers, according to Pro Football Focus, in 2019. He did slide a little bit this last season. Um, you know, he didn't, I guess, maybe not slide. People were expecting him. Oh, it's a second year. He should take a step forward. Although 
as we know in football and in life, growth is not linear. You know, some, it's kind of more of a up and down. Um, Alexander Johnson also, I think it's worth noting, he missed a good chunk of his early career uh, because he was undergoing a uh, investigation, uh, a trial for sexual assault. Yeah, and beyond, I think beyond investigation, it was a, it was yeah. a trial and yep. it took three years, you know, for yep. something like that. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's no good for anybody. No, you know, there's, there's nobody that wins in that regard nope. for, for something to take that long. Yep. But, uh, found not guilty. So he's now on the Broncos. Um, and he, they signed him. Uh, he was a practice squad guy, I think his first year and then kind of developed on, I know at Tennessee, he was a guy who racked up tackles like crazy. Um, he was one of the all time leading tacklers for the Tennessee volunteers, uh, played middle linebacker for them. wore number 45 had the dreads, you know, he's easy to see bigger than most of those other linebackers too. the six, four, you know, two forty five. Uh, more of a classic thumper in that regard, you know, the sideline to sideline speed was never going to have him be a first round pick at the linebacker position. Probably would have been a day two pick Broncos get him as an undrafted free agent, given what's going on with his, uh, his past. And uh, he's been solid for them so far. He's not a super dynamic player, but one thing he has that I think is very valued and underrated, especially in this defense where you're not asking them to reinvent the wheel and coverage. You're not asking them to play sideline to sideline too much. He is a big mother trucker. You know, six like I said, <laughs> six four, six five, two forty, two fifty. Uh, because of that, he has length in his drop zones. He can cover much more space because of that, and it is a real boon to him uh, in the red zone as well. So, if you ever match him up one on one against a no, Darren, he's he's a big body. He's not quite that tall. He's, he's not uh, okay. Six three. Yeah, he's about six two, but he's he's okay. pushing two sixty. Two K. So, God. <laughs> yeah. So he's uh he he is he is big, but that's where your your three four linebackers they end up being, they end up being like that, you know, when the three, four, you know, cause I've said before, you know, I, I scouted, uh, you know, high school guys going to college and the three, four didn't really exist in college. Everybody played a four and your idea of who can play what of the, across those lines changes in a three, four. Yeah. You know, there was a, there was a Hawaiian kid or a, a, a one of the Pacific Islanders kid who's 330 pounds and he was playing defensive end in a three, four for Alabama. Wait, wait a minute. He's 330 pounds. That's not a defensive end. And, you know, Donta Hightower's coming out. He's 260 in college. That's that's a guy who puts his Monster. hand in the dirt. Yeah. Well, the other part of that is Alabama also recruits the exceptions to the rule. You know, no, you're not playing linebacker at 260 pounds unless you're Donta Hightower. <laughs> yeah. So they get those exceptions. But, yeah, he's he is big. And for better or for worse, we talk about this about running backs a lot. How about linebackers? How about the wear and tear that he missed on his body? He would be yeah. typically a young 29 or 30 years old, you'd, you'd think, right? Especially, you know, with those those collisions to the head, right? Yeah, no, that's definitely a point of it. The linebacker is a very physical position, um, and you're going to take on a lot of offensive linemen, especially in the 3-4. You have less uh, – mass in front of you uh, to take on those offensive linemen. So you're going to have to be, you're going to be asked to take on those bodies more often in the run game. So it's definitely a big point um, for it. And I'm very curious uh, what the Broncos do here. There's a chance that they re-sign neither uh, Josie Jewell or Alexander Johnson. Um, but you think they've, they're going to have room and you, you fit, they've got room. And I was looking before, before we did the show at the, the money that's typically for the top 15 linebackers, it's usually six to 9 million. You know, and there at I think uh, Josie Jewell's on his option year of two point two, and Alexander Johnson's at three point four. I don't know that they're going to get a huge bump. You know, I don't think they'll jump into that six to nine range, but you know, four to five might be might be reasonable. And there's there's room there's room to resign those guys if you want them back. Yeah, I could see one of them getting six to seven million. Um, just, I mean, we've seen some pretty crazy linebacker contracts recently. I mean, Nick Kwiatkowski and Corey Littleton signed uh, incredible deals with the Raiders. Did not help them one bit, but uh, there is some demand for that linebacker position. I would argue it's probably the least valuable position on the defensive field these days. It's not like running back where it's completely dependent, um, but I'd say it's more like tight end where, you know, you can get by as long as you're not totally inept there. You should be fine. You do not yeah. need a star. And, unless you have a star, then he's worth paying for. We talked about that Fred with, uh, yesterday. Well, we, we talked about that. Speaking of stars of kid from Penn state that went to Dallas Parsons. Yeah. Yeah. Micah Parsons. He's a, he's a difference maker. You know, yeah. you, you don't necessarily need a difference maker in that, but when you've got one in the middle of the field, you know, it, <laughs> you, yeah. you know, he's there. Um, 
you know, and that was that was my uh, thinking. You know, plus I grew up when, like I said, when the linebackers were sexy. You know, we had Mike Singletary, uh, you know, patrolling the middle of the fields, and you can't tell me Mike Mike Singletary wasn't worth every penny he was paid. Yeah, linebackers are very much a. Uh, again, it's kind of like the running back, where it's a. Uh, I would say it's almost a romanticized position at this point because of how much more valuable the defensive line and the cornerbacks are. Well, it's a it's a passing game now. Yep. You know, it, it's a passing game now, without a doubt. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Dave coming in here. I had had to read this one because, oh, you're killing me with this one. Um, Dave says he's an IPA guy uh, and reminded by me when I look at our large section of Topping Goliath. Uh, Topping Goliath is a local beer in Iowa. Um, Pseudo Sue, King Sue, Golden Nuggets. Uh, God, so many good ones. And uh, I miss it dearly. I know there's a lot of good choices out here in Seattle. I miss my Topping Goliath, though. Um, so Ken Booker coming in here saying that's crazy to think that Javonza Williams played linebacker. I wonder how good he was. Well, that's kind of that's not that shocking, right? If you guys remember DJ Williams, Broncos first round pick way uh, mid two thousands, I think he uh, was, he was considered one of the best. uh, When DJ was coming out, he was considered one of the best high school football players of all time. Just a little fun fact. And he was an incredible running back. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's all. That's the reason that the linebackers running backs, they're kind of the Spider-Man pointing meme. Right. Um, And if I was a parent of somebody who was a running back, I'd be like, listen, I love you. You love, you love having the ball in your hand. The coach thinks you should be there. If you're good enough, you're playing defensive end or linebacker because you're not making that money or having a long career uh, playing running back. Which is crazy because everybody wants the ball. You know that they, yep. they're saying, "I don't want to play running back anymore." You get too beat up. That's not the mentality you necessarily want in football. You know, yeah. but it's it's true. And it's and I think you know, seeing the 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 we've seen much more that people are more willing to share the load and how important mm-hmm. that is for longevity of their career. To have a partner you know there's there, you don't want to you don't want to carry 30 times get 400 carries a year you only be able to do it twice and then you're done yep absolutely and it's the kind of the same thing with the uh, wide receivers right there's like 10,000 wide receivers listen kids we need defensive backs so badly like if you can you can go make money playing well, I've always I've always speaking of goes I've always tried to do that with basketball players you know a, a, a 6-3 guard there's 4 million of you out there. Six, three as a receiver is big there. Yeah. If you can, if you're athletic enough to catch the ball at six, three, you can get scholarship money. I promise you Yeah. <laughs> where yeah, you might get you. You're not going to get a sniff at, at, in basketball. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, keeping it back here, Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson, we'll keep on them here for a little bit longer. Um, we got a question first from uh, Robert Caslow. Should linebackers be able to start from the rookie season or do they take a couple of seasons to develop? Uh, historically speaking, year two, you should know about the linebacking position. Um, it is one where obviously every single linebacker is different. Some guys are a raw athletic ball of clay that you need to develop over time. Some come in and they are pretty much what they are, you know, instincts are top notch. Um, and just the technique, the ability to take on blocks, uh, tackling, it's already pretty high. Uh, so it's one that I would say on average year two, you should know, uh, about that player, whether they're going to, they belong or not. And and it depends on where you take them. If you're taking a linebacker in the first round, he's starting. Yep. You're, you're, you're taking a linebacker to start if, if he's taken in the first round. Now, if you're taking one and it's, it's true like that with a lot of positions, yeah. Uh, now there's a bigger learning curve, but you know, with, with running back, like position, like running back and linebackers run and hit. You know, there, there's yep. definitely reading and schemes, but fine ball, seek and destroy. That That's not overly complicated. And I do want to say in the AFC West specifically, though, you do want a linebacker who is patient and lets the play develop because there is a lot of pre-snap trickery going on in Kansas City, pre-snap movement, et cetera. And they pull you in because Patrick Mahomes is good outside of the pocket. And if you see Tyree Kill screaming on a pre-snap mo- movement where it could be a jet sweep or a shovel pass, you, you are reacting, you know, you, it's really hard to stay that disciplined. So, um, then they just throw it to Travis Kelsey right behind you. So gotta be disciplined. Cannot, um, I, I'm reminded of Kenneth Murray who was taken in the first round in 2020, Oklahoma, obviously good athlete made some plays, but he was over aggressive so often. I felt like he let the opposing offense make some big plays because he was out of position consistently. That's a, it's a good point to, to think of as a, and what I mean by point is, is just thinking about what I had just said about the first round, other than quarterback who, you know, you don't want to start a rookie quarterback. Is there any position, if you're taking a guy in the first round, you're expecting him to be starter at every other position. Wouldn't you think, I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think? And then if you're taking them below that, then you're kind of a wait and see, maybe they can, maybe they can't. 
unless there's yeah. a dire need, like, you know, you don't have any safeties and you have your, your first safety you take in the second round, he's going to be a starter. But any position that you take in the first round, you're expecting to start as a rookie. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, I would think so. And hopefully I'm not frozen. Scott's a little frozen on my end. It might be my internet. Um, but uh, I think that it is the uh, running back position. There's a difference between starting year one and what their career norms are going to be. Yeah, and excelling. Um, so yeah. I agree with you, you that quarterback is be one. a Pro Bowl guy. Yeah. You could have a guy that's going to be a Pro Bowler, but just might not be his first year. But the question was start, and I think yep. I, I think 100%. any position, including linebacker, if you're taking them, if you're taking a guy in the first round, you're expecting him to start for you first year. Yep. No, I, I agree with you. Um, outside of quarterback, that's the only position where you might not see them start year one, unless you're in a really good position with somewhere like a uh, edge rusher or cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, those are positions that you typically see a big leap from year one to year two. Ideally they're kind of one where they're not maybe starting. They come in like a Bradley Roby for the Broncos, his rookie year. He was the nickel cornerback. He was the third cornerback came in. Great. That was gravy. Uh, Shane Ray, another one. He was a, uh, the third edge rusher. Perfect. That's that's great. You want him to kind of develop, eat those snaps, and then eventually maybe you transfer yeah. that uh, a higher paid uh, edge rusher Sertan, over to him if know, it works he, out. Well. Patrick yep. Sertan could be a starter, but doesn't necessarily have to be. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, and uh, EJ coming in here saying uh, Luke Keekley was my favorite linebacker. We need like a guy like that with the Broncos. Uh, you know, that's kind of like saying uh, Peyton Manning was my favorite quarterback. We need a guy like that on the Broncos. You know, it'd be it'd be. Hell yeah. Sign me up. Point him out to me though, because everybody wants that dude. It's it's good luck. Like I loved Keekley coming out of Boston college. I've never seen a linebacker tape like him. Honest to God. He was, he was incredible at Boston college. Um, but, uh, I think that would have been the 2012 draft. I believe, um, loved him, loved Keekley. Uh, but that's you're he, talking about that a rare breed young ish. That's not that long ago. It seems like he's been around forever. He was good immediately. Um, mm-hmm. he was one of those ones that was incredible day one. Um, and, uh, he's dealt with injuries, but I'm pretty sure it was 20, it was either 2010 or 2012. It was not the same draft as Von Miller. It was a draft that was, I think it would have been 2012 for Luke Keekley. Somebody can check me on that. So um, let's, let's get back to, uh, to Denver Broncos linebackers here. And there's a question yeah. in here about, about Baron Browning. And is he going to be a sideline warrior because of injuries? And, you know, I, I didn't remember him having a history of injuries. And so I, I look back at his Ohio state numbers and he didn't miss a game. No. So, you know, I don't expect that to be a problem. I mean, he players get injured, but he doesn't have a, a history of injuries that I'm aware of because he played, you look at his numbers, 12 as a freshman, 12 as a sophomore, 12 as a junior, and then seven as a, as a senior, which is all he could play. So, um, you know, he doesn't have a history of injuries. No, that's, I think people are maybe a little bit of snake bit by KJ Hamler last year, um, who was people were excited for, and he just could never get on the field with that hamstring injury. Um, and hopefully that doesn't become the case for KJ Hamler. Uh, it is important to note for KJ Hamler that he is still one of the youngest players on the Broncos team. Uh, they drafted him at 20 years old. So even though it's a second year, he's younger than half the draft class. Cause he is, was that young coming out. So uh, still you have one less year of control, but he's got plenty of time to figure it out. But for Baron Browning, I'm not worried about him becoming a sideline warrior, so to speak. It just to me means that Baron Browning, with all this development, this time he missed early on, he's going to be behind the the curve early. And I do not have very much expectations for Browning starting this year. I never did uh, to begin with because he was a late uh, round three pick. You know, that's more about you're investing in that guy and what if you can get anything starting potential 2022, 2023. Fantastic. 2021. Uh, anything beyond uh, special teams, that's gravy. I'm, I'll, I'll take it, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah, and, he, and he's got a similar profile to to uh, Alexander Johnson. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to play this year at about 245 pounds. We'll put on, we'll add some weight as he as he gets older. And he is a strike first type of guy. He may see some time as a, a outside by an edge rusher too. Um, you know, go get the quarterback. You know, in in third down situations, depending on on the time. Yeah. But he is a go forward, attack the ball carrier, attack the blockers type of running type of linebacker, which uh, offensive lineman. I switched up my name. Attack the offensive lineman. He is a he is a go forward attack type of guy. Yeah, he does have enough athleticism to play sideline to sideline, um, and that's uh, Baron Brown. You, you scattered him somewhat coming in here. We've kind of had some debate with the uh, MHH staff about where he's going to end up: off ball linebacker or edge rusher. I think he could work at edge uh, if the instincts and processing doesn't catch up for that linebacking position, the off ball linebacking position. Uh, do you have any thoughts there for Browning to where he ends up? And I think that 
because of the injuries and everything he's had so far, uh, it makes it even harder for him to play both positions this year. Hopefully he just focuses on one. Well, I don't know. I mean, it could be he's versatile enough to be a, a, a first guy in in several of those spots. So it, the, the season may dictate where he's needed. And frankly, for me, it'll just be getting him used to the game and the speed of the game. So I, I wouldn't necessarily be as concerned about focusing on one position as I would just getting him out there and, and getting, you know, knocking the green off of him uh, yeah. and let him let him make some plays. So I think I think he's got a chance to play. uh in a couple different positions. I, I wouldn't get in that argument of, oh, he's going to be this or he needs to be this. I would be just let's get him on the field uh, and, and in a couple different places where he's where he's needed and and see how he can develop the the mental part of his game as far as just being used to being out there and getting experience of, of being out there. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, Browning, again, though, if he doesn't see much of the field this year until 2022, I'm not going to freak out because he's a late one of the last. In fact, he was the last pick of day two of the NFL draft this year. So you could say he's an early day three pick. What are your expectations for that kind of guy? Mm -hmm. You know, that's even if he develops into a starter, that's that's unlikely uh, given where he was drafted. Doesn't mean it won't happen. Um, But uh, yeah, look at the two guys now. Yep. (laughs) Undrafted free agent and uh, fourth round pick. So uh, but I believe that's kind of that's that's where you should be looking for your linebackers unless you believe the integrity of your defense and the scheme you want to run is dependent on having a five tool, four tool guy there at the linebacking position. Uh, Historically, Vic Fangio, he's has had a high investment in the linebacking position. Obviously, there's Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, Roquan, uh, uh, Roquan Smith, very all good linebackers. I don't know if Navarro uh, Smith was that high of an investment or Navarro Bowman was that high of an investment. Um, but either way, um, that's not been the case for Vic Fangio so far in Denver. He's been getting by with, uh, I wouldn't say spare parts, but you know, just league average level, um, investments and, uh, been maximizing them. And he doesn't ask the linebackers to reinvent the wheel either. I think that's one thing that a lot of people do not understand for, and it's not just the three, four, it's Vic Fangio specifically. A lot of this is run funneling. Uh, run fits for his linebackers and he's not asking them to play sideline to sideline. He's not asking them to drop into to space and play one-on-one versus Travis Kelsey. He will do that with line, uh, running backs sometimes schematically. He will do that with running backs, not so much with tight ends. Um, so people are like, Oh man, what are we going to do with Darren, uh, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, blah, blah, blah. It was never linebacker was never going to be the solution there. Anyway, yeah, put, put Patrick Sertan on him. That's yes. <laughs> yep. Six, two, two Oh five in, uh, in good in coverage and physical. That's where I'm going. Yep. hundred percent. And uh, his number one uh, comparison comparison on mockdraftable.com for all defensive backs is in my opinion, the number one tight end stopper in football when healthy Derwin James. Um, so uh, there you go. I think that's going to be the solution there. Um, maybe if you go against like Austin Eckler, he might give a Josie jewel in space a hard time. Um, but Austin Eckler is going to do that against most players. And I want to have just a greater discussion here about the linebacking position in today's NFL. I would argue that, a lot of passing concepts and what teams are trying to do in the past game in general is oriented because they know that there's just not the type of athletes at the linebacking position that can keep up with the tight ends that can keep up with the running backs that can keep up with the wide receiver. I mean, if you have a Fred Warner who goes up against a wide receiver three, um, sometimes that's a rare breed, but teams specifically are scheming to attack the linebacking position. It's not a Broncos issue. It's just a, the way the game is right now, that guy's always going to be almost always going to be, a, uh, a weakness and that's going to continue as long as the game's played the way it is a, a lot of crossing routes a lot of slants a lot of quick reads angles circles that type of stuff uh so yeah i agree with you yep so uh, it would be uh very tough to uh find a guy who can stop them all i mean it'd be great if you can find a uh, luke keekley to put on your defense but uh you know that's you're talking about a first ballot hall of famer so uh Get in line. Um, so uh, Josie Jewell, uh, Alexander Johnson, do you have any thoughts on either of these guys uh, earning a contract or anything that you think they should do this year um, that could uh, warrant one being favored over the other? Well, I mean, I just think when you're looking, we, we were talking about free agents and swinging for the fences. We mentioned Fred Warner. Okay, well, he's off the table. So yeah. what are your options that are going to be affordable? I mean, these guys are both free agents, but they're not going to be mega contracts unless they play themselves into that, which again, that's a, a good bad you know, Alexander yeah. Johnson became the best inside linebacker in, in the NFL. That's good. Okay, now he's going to triple his money. Okay, that's bad. Yeah. But it's going to be an incremental increase in what it would take to re-sign them. So if they are productive and have good seasons, there's nobody behind them necessarily unless Baron Browning becomes that guy that's pushing them. So I can see them absolutely being re-signed. Uh, 
like I said, if you've got Alexander Johnson at 3.4 now, what's 4.5 a year for the next three years? That that doesn't change your available salary cap hardly at all. Uh, if you've got Josie Jewell at 2.2 right now, maybe he even goes to four. Well, 1.8 is hardly going to put a, a difference. It's hardly going to put a dent in what you have yeah. available to rebuild other parts of your team. And you're just keeping on keeping on. So I, I could see both of these guys possibly being re-signed. Unless, like I said, they play out of their minds and get a, a good deal, and that's that's okay. That that's a, that's good news for the Broncos for twenty twenty one, and hopefully twenty twenty two with the uh, compensatory picks. If that's yeah. the case, if they go sign elsewhere, um, man, I just can't see either of them signing for as little as you're saying uh, with the money increasing and knowing that they are quality linebackers. I mean, what what did Blake Martinez make? Blake Martinez is a guy who I think is just you know, league average as hell. But the I want to say the Giants signed him to a stupid contract and i know it's just you know one team can sign one player to a stupid contract but uh for that little i still think both those guys will probably be making one to two million more uh per year uh than that and blake martinez is making almost 10 million a year so uh what's going on here (laughs) what the hell well i I did a i mean like i said i did a search on and i sorted by inside linebackers before we came on and you know the number 10 is making 7.2 a year it's jaylon smith number 11 is at 7.1 and you go down to 15 it's at six you know, you're down, you're down to 6 million. You go down to number 20, you're at three and a half. And by the way, Alexander Johnson's is, is number 19 in total cash at 3.4. Yeah. Okay. So again, that's not, you know, unless you jump into the top five and, and number five is still a nine. We're not talking yeah. like, you know, 30 million. We're not talking crazy money because of the position. So, you know, based on the available room an increase in there, I can see an incremental increase to what they're already being paid that keeps them competitive amongst some of the best paid linebackers in the league. Yeah, that's, that would be great. I, I think Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson are actually very close to each other. And I think Josie Jewell is a little bit more steady um, in his positioning. Um, He is smaller than he might, he might triple his money, but even six isn't with, with the available. If he triples his money and gets six a year, that's, should be, I would think that would be enough to make him happy, you know, to, yeah. to want to stay without, without crippling, you know, without significantly impacting what the Broncos are able to do in other positions with their available salary cap. Again, we get back to the discussion we had on, on Tuesday about the front office. You got the number 12 roster, but the 19th GM, the number 12 roster with the most available uh, salary cap money. That's a good thing. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm just thinking, you know, you've got so many options with this available cap money and a good, talented roster. You know, some of these guys are going to be coming off contracts, and you're going to have to make some decisions on who is going to eat into that roster coming off rookie contest contracts. Yeah. But the Broncos are in such an enviable position as the rest of the league with a talented roster and a lot of room under the salary cap. Yep. Man, that sounds like a pretty good job. That doesn't sound like a you know a bottom third front office to me. Yeah, and uh, Peter Milton uh, kind of leaning into this one. Uh, Rodgers are all the people we want to sign next year. Who do you choose? You're talking about everything, all this good stuff the Broncos have. Got to find that, figure out that quarterback position, though. So this is an easy answer for me. It's Rodgers. You can let other people walk. Um, I Keep Sutton plays, though. Uh, but uh, we got Corey Johnson coming in here. Hello, Corey, over on YouTube. Um, he says, if you can scheme Jewel out of man coverage, he seems quite good to me. His short area acceleration and tackling make him good in zone slash run defense. And that's true. Josie Jewel, while he isn't the best sideline to sideline. He had like one of the highest three cones ever recorded for the combine. I think he was in the 97th percentile, which was bonkers for a little small Josie Jewel. No star around six, seven, six, six, somewhere in that neighborhood then. Yep. And another classic, uh, everybody in Iowa knows each other, uh, cliche, six, but um, yeah, it says 6.8 six, for, yeah, for a linebacker. 6.8 is, is that's insane. I mean, that, that's on, that's on a track. That's, yep. that's on a track going. So yeah, Josie. again, we talk all the time. If you want to see an athlete, especially look at his L cone and his, his three cone, not his 40 time. My biggest issue with Josie, it'd be great if he had a little bit more speed, but I wish he was bigger. He is pretty small, and uh, that limits him a bit, especially in the 3-4 where guys engulf him. He has to be smart and quick to beat those guys, but if he was just a little bit bigger, um, that would be a, a huge difference maker for him. No, because you're, well. you're, you're getting hit by guards and centers a lot when yeah. you're a 3-4 uh, inside linebacker. So... Because the, uh, the the nose guard's only going to take take the center of the guard. That means there's a free guard coming to get you, yep. you know. So or at work, you know, at best, uh, a fullback uh, yep. if, if somebody's still running that scheme. So you're you're taking on a lot of uh, of punishment. So you know, playing that AJ Johnson, Alexander Johnson at two sixty, 
Baron Browning at 250. You know, I, I saw him at the Senior Bowl. I can't remember the, the kid's name. Ben something out of Michigan. Oh, the number one fullback and play tight end. Baron Browning just obliterated him on a on a rush off the edge. And uh, you know, Ohio State, Michigan. Some people got a kick out of that, but just straight in and just rocked him. I'm like, you know, that's that's what you need is a three four inside inside backer. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, there is another inside linebacker that uh, I do think is worth mentioning um, for this team long term. And that is uh, Justin Strenad, uh fifth round pick out of Wake Forest. Uh, he's one that people are like, oh, man, we need Justin Strenad to play. He's the coverage answer we need. He's a lesser athlete than Alexander Johnson than Josie Jewell. But coverage of the linebacking position does not equal athleticism. You know, you talk about uh, a guy who you mentioned a few months ago, weeks ago. I don't know. Time flies. Uh, Boss Bailey, one of the best athletes ever to play linebacker didn't have the instincts did not. I mean, he was a great athlete, but he was lost in space, lost in coverage. Didn't matter. So uh, obviously if you can have both, that's great. Um, but athletes, no, I would have turned, I would have turned both into a boss into a third down specialist, you know, just put your hand in the dirt, go get the quarterback. Cause uh, he was, like I said, he was actually, uh, you know, on the bigger, faster, stronger scale. He was a better mm-hmm. athlete than champ and champ was a freak. Um, yeah. You know, so he was, he was sub four, four, 48 inch vertical leap, you know, just, he was boss Bailey was insane, but he wasn't a football player. Like champ champ was a football player. Yep. And linebacker. That's one of those positions where it's, uh, yeah, they call it the quarterback of the defense. And that's because you know, maybe that's a little bit cliche, but uh, I think it has more to do with, uh, the actual intelligence that's demanded for the linebacker position, the processing speed, uh, the instincts more important than the athleticism and the size and whatnot. Those, those physical measurements. Now that that can separate a first round pick to a second round pick. You're looking for differentiators when you're doing the draft. Um, But that's why that's also probably one of the reasons that linebacker the hit rate for the first round linebackers is almost exactly the same as it is for round two and round three right? Like there's guys who work out there. And uh, that's another reason why I don't think you should invest first round picks and linebackers historically, uh, because you have just as good of odds of hitting a guy day two as you do day one, use day one picks for edge tackle wide receiver, cornerback quarterback, if at all possible. Um, and we got Tommy Simmers coming here saying trade Justin Simmons. Uh, Tommy, that ship has sailed. Uh, once the Broncos paid him and they, I don't think they should have done that anyway. And I know you're making points here. How many teams have built championship rosters around a safety? Well, how many football playoff games has Cleo Mack won, right? Like it's, if it's not a quarterback, then it could be almost any single one of these positions you could make this argument for. Um, but the trading Simmons, that boat sailed as soon as he signed his contract, if the Broncos traded him. He would probably ha- have like a 20 million dead cap hit for the Broncos right now. Guys, once they've signed contracts, may almost impossible to, uh, almost impossible to trade until the end of their contract. It's 32 this year. No way. 32 million dead cap hit, which, uh, not happening. You know, if you're Julio Jones, that means we can move you now. Oh God. Um, <laughs> uh, and next year is 26 and then 2023, it drops to seven and a half, uh, there you when go. He's 30. So that's, that's where you start looking for something to happen, uh, in 2023. Yep. And, uh, we'll be happy that Simmons contract is what it is by the time, uh, Jamal Adams gets a contract by the time Derwin James gets a contract. Um, and by the time, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick gets a contract, those are all guys who are probably going to, uh, beat him out. Uh, it's, it's not always, you know, who's the best it's who's next to get paid. Um, that's just the way it goes. It's cyclical. Um, karaoke, Chris coming in here saying money doesn't seem to be the issue for building a championship roster. And Simmons, it's an integral part of our defense. Uh, there we go. And, uh, here we go. Um, we didn't draft two safeties because we are planning on keeping him for the duration. Tommy, that's, I don't think that's true, buddy. Um, they drafted two safeties because they had extra picks. They are actually all set to draft, um, Tommy, Do- Tommy Doyle, uh, speaking of Tommy, um, who was an offensive tackle from, uh, Miami and the Buffalo Bills sweeped him before the Broncos could take him. Those uh, Bills. They did it two times in this draft. Yeah, I know. Bummer. Um, but uh, so the Broncos then took doubled down on safety, a f- fourth round pick and a fifth round pick at that. You know, guys who are pretty good long shots uh, to make become great starters. You know, I mean, not long shots, but I would not bet on them being incredible starters, especially both of them. Um, and also, this is a team that you're looking to play two, three safeties. A lot of times uh, we saw it with uh, Will Parks as well. You know, they took Will Parks and Justin Simmons the same year. You're going to need those guys. And guess what? Three safety sets. That's going to happen. But also both those guys can play special teams. And you're talking about day three picks. They have to play special teams. That's, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a have to for me. Yep. That's how you're going to, that's how you're going to make the team for sure. And uh, it, with, with special teams, I always said that, you know, a phrase, you can't tell, you can't measure someone's heart. You can tell, but I say you can tell if they've got one, watch them play special teams. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see how bad a kid wants to play. 
You know, yep. so and if, if, if they want to play and they want to make this team, they're going to play special teams. Absolutely. And we got Mr. Boggins coming in here. My Pacific Northwest buddy um, coming in with $5 super saying uh, any quarterback in the 2022 draft, you'd rank higher than QB four in 2021. Besides Rattler, it's a mixed bag of eh with some high ceilings. Uh, I wouldn't right now. We got a whole season to play though. So uh, things could change drastically. Um, somebody could come out and uh, explode, but I will say um, on the surface based on tools and flashes that I've seen, I'm, I have two quarterbacks in the 2023 class that I'm higher on than anybody in uh, 2022 in DJ Ukulele and uh, Bryce Young. So uh, those are two quarterbacks that have my attention. I think those are the guys who are going to take the league by storm. There is a quarterback though, that um, some people have been hyping up. He could fall flat this year, but we did not see much of him last year. Um, Emery Jones at Florida, good athlete, good arm, um, practically an unknown, but he's one who could, uh, you know, burst onto the scene and uh, really throw his hat in the ring as a uh, top pick at quarterback. And my follow-up question for Mr. Boggins is who was your QB four in last draft? And uh, and, uh, I'll ask you the same thing and let him answer. My quarterback four was, um, it was Trey Lance. Me too. I loved Trey Lance. I thought he was worth a top 10 pick. I would have no issue doing that, uh, taking that swing on him. And uh, it sounds like his intangibles and intelligence and whatnot are, were, uh, even more impressive than uh, people let on. So that's stuff that we can't really evaluate from this end, but uh, I would Trey Lance uh, pretty much over any of the quarterbacks in next year's class, especially if you are ranking uh, Rattlers uh, perceived, not that's the wrong word, but reported uh, attitude um, character, I guess is another one. It's not like he's out here like robbing banks or whatnot, but he sounds like he's like, He's like a bully in an 80s movie, uh, 80s high school movie. You know, that kind of guy pushing dudes into locker, uh, alienated from his teammates. Well, that's a that's a tough spot to be in when you are the quarterback because there's going to be guys out there a lot, not just a little, but a lot bigger than yeah. you. So you better watch out. There was a, a former Iowa quarterback. I don't know how much he actually played there, and we can talk about this later, who, uh, who had that problem as a recruit. And uh, his roommate at one of the All-Star games – pinned him up against the, uh, it was a center, pinned him up against the wall and said, knock it off or I'm going to break you in half. So you better make friends when there's guys out there that are 150 pounds bigger than you and faster. I always said, if I can't kick your ass or outrun you, we're going to be friends. (laughs) Yeah. It's the Johnny Manziel stuff, right? Like, uh, although I think Manziel was actually a little bit more liked um, than what I've heard about Rattler, but uh, we'll see. Broncos 17 and 0 coming in here. Uh, didn't uh, come in after we were getting out of here this time. So we give you a shout out on Tuesday, Broncos 17 and 0, because last Thursday you came in right when we were closing. Um, but uh, $20 super. Thank you so much. And he says, good morning. Good morning to you, Broncos 17 and 0. And uh, maybe that's a new picture as well. It's a beautiful one of the sunset there. Love that orange. Um, and so, yeah, we got to talk a little bit of Justin Strenod. Um, drafted fifth round, Wake Forest. He had injuries um, and he missed all last season because of the injuries. It sounds like this year, if you're expecting him to start, don't. <laughs> but um, he's somebody who definitely could be on the field in sub packages where they're looking to sub out somebody like an Alexander Johnson, who's a little bit more lumbering uh, than Strenod is in space. You know, Strenod, not the quickest, not the best athlete, but he's fluid in space. And uh, that matters playing in the box in coverage, those kind of things for linebackers. So I definitely expect some sub packages where you see Stranod subbed in and one of the linebackers subbed off this season. Does that make him an eventual starter? Uh, we're going to have to see how he looks this season. Um, but he's definitely somebody who is auditioning for a starting role. And if you can get, you know, 80% of the production at 30, 40% of the price compared to letting Josie Jewell walk, letting an Alexander Johnson walk, which makes it more probable for you to bring in a new quarterback, maybe a right tackle next year, resign Cortland Sutton, resign uh, Bradley Chubb maybe early as well. That's something you have to think about. Get an extension to Aaron Rodgers, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever, you know, you have the money to, but yeah, the, it all works out in that ratio um, for, you know, what can I get for what costs, you know, like I said, 90% of the, of the productivity for a quarter of the price. Yeah. Yeah. But yep. auditioning is a good word. You know, if, if everybody's healthy, the starters are set. You know, the, yep. the starters are set for, for this team. Um, but <laughs> again, two of your starters are free agents. Three of them, actually, you know, if we go start going outside are, are free agents this year. So uh, there's going to be a lot of auditioning. And frankly, that makes for better competition. That, that'll make the team that'll make the team better, knowing that, you know, I, I, I can get the spot next year or I'm playing to try and get a new contract. All those things should help should help make this team better. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100% there. Um, a few other names want to give a shout out to before we get out of here. Josh Watson, college free agent from uh, Colorado State. He's somebody who's been on the roster, off the roster. He's probably somebody who, if he en- ends up being a starter for the Broncos, a quality starter, I would be very surprised. Um, he is a bigger body, but you know he's just kind of a, a dude. Um, so he's listed. Oh, he actually... 61240. So, you know, he's not actually, he looked bigger than that. Maybe it's because he was standing next to Jules, a little smaller. Um, but uh, probably more of a special teams guy. And one that's interesting for me is uh, Derek Tuska, uh, North Dakota State edge rusher. Um, had a lot of sacks at North Dakota State, but watching him in preseason last year, it seemed pretty obvious to me that he did not have the frame or the power to hold at edge in the NFL. And, you know, Division II rushing the passer, able to dip, didn't, didn't look puny versus those Division II tackles. Didn't look like he was going to hold in the NFL. I think if uh, Tuska is going to make it in the league, he's going to have to become an off-ball linebacker. And uh, that's a hard ask, tra- that transition. Um, but uh, that, that's that's his path if he's going to make it in the league. he has to, I think he has to be an off-ball linebacker. I want to I want to go look at Northern Iowa again, or you know, after after the two freaks that came out of there this year. Let's see what they've got coming out next year with Ellerson Smith and Spencer Brown. Let's let's see if they've got another one lined up. Uh, they have a uh, actually <laughs> Northern Iowa. They have an offensive tackle who is a uh, very talented who I am uh, excited to watch this year. Um, so watch out for him. Uh, I think he might even be the uh, the best tackle in the draft this year from the state of Iowa, which uh, hurts to say as a Hawkeye um, for me, uh, the Haw- Hawkeyes do have a, a tackle who I'm interested in developing, but he is a uh, probably a year off yet in uh, plum. He came into Iowa at about, 280 pounds. Now he's up to about 310 and he's learning, but uh, he moves incredibly. So excited to see what he can do this year. Well, um, we're doing requests. Denver Bronco, Denver 17 and 0. You should definitely have a request. And and Mac 85 City, uh, you know, I, I know you're having trouble concentrating, but put in a request and maybe we can we can hit it. Thank you for the the super two. You guys finishing us up strong today. Two of y'all doing that strong today. Certainly uh, appreciate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that would be great uh, if we could. Highlight him, by the way. I haven't seen his name pop up. Highlight, highlight that 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 super. There we go. Mac85City. Um, thank you so much, Mac85City, coming over in on YouTube with our biggest super of the day. Um, I, I, whenever to- I, Mac, whenever I see your name, I always think Manchester City. Just It looks like Man City to me. I'm like, Mac City, it looks like Man City to me. So um, if, if you're a Manchester City fan, it would, it would fit. He's like, who? Yeah. Who's Manchester City? What's that mean? Um... Man City, man. That's a, I don't know if Mac is a soccer fan or a European football. Um, but uh, Scott, before we get on out of here, just general thoughts on the Broncos linebacking position um, for this season. How does it stack, uh, stack up against the rest of the league? Is it going to be the reason this Broncos roster falls apart? I know that uh, an, another, I would say not a rival site, but they're like, oh man, Broncos linebackers are the reason this defense isn't going to be great again this year. And it was the site that was really pushing for Micah Parsons. So I think it's maybe a little bit of that influencing it. But um, what are your thoughts? Well, I like, uh, I like, I told you, I love Micah Parsons. Um, yeah. Micah Parsons was one of the guys that I would have been excited to see the Falcons take it for, even if they didn't need him. There's one spot, I don't remember, I think Tommy Tommy may have asked or, or someone, uh, you know, how's the Falcons linebackers look? It's like it's the only position on defense that actually is, is decent, has some proven players. Um, Micah Parsons to me is one of those difference maker types. So, you know, I would have been okay with that pick. I I think he was just, you know, one of those best player available type of players. Um, Your outside linebackers, if they stay healthy, again, that's a key, but you've got some depth there with Reed that should be a strength of this defense, getting pressure on the, on the quarterback. And then your two inside guys can do a job. Are are they going to be flashy? They don't have to be flashy in a three, four. They don't have to be flashy anywhere, but, they can do a job. You're you're basically stepping into a gap and becoming the fourth defensive lineman a lot when you're depending on which way your your nose guard goes. Uh, AJ Johnson's big enough to do that, 260 pounds, and they're they're sure tacklers. You're going to scheme your way out of uh, away from the tight end. That's why you you, you change schemes. So you're not going to be in a base three four a ton, and when you are, you're you're going to be good against what it's supposed to be good at, stopping the run. Yeah, I think way more important for that uh, those cornerbacks to stay healthy, have those guys out there, get after the passer at the top of the defensive front four, make linebackers job easy. Um, that's what Vic Fangio wants to do, and I think that's what he can do with the talent they have uh, elsewhere on the roster. Um, so Max saying he does actually know a little bit about a soccer. He says, yes, I play FIFA on Xbox all the time. So um, that's great to see. 
Uh, we got Michael looks like coming in here with a star. Thank you very much, Michael. Um, and guys, that's going to have to do it for us right at 59 minutes. Um, just an announcement next Tuesday, we're actually going to be going live at seven 30 mountain time. Um, so, uh, I think that'll be for the foreseeable future. You guys let us know on Twitter or yeah. whatnot, if that's real, real quick, let's just put it in, in the comments is, is seven 30 mountain too early for everybody, or would that be okay for, for just, if we started 30 minutes earlier, you know, would that be okay for everybody? Or is that, would that be a problem? And, and, you're never going to make everybody happy. That, that doesn't work. But if, if most of y'all say, you know, that, that still works and that's probably what we'll move forward to. Uh, we'll start, start a half hour earlier. Yep. And uh, just a shout out for you, since I know how much you love Spencer Brown last year, um, Northern Iowa has another offensive tackle who is going to be uh, very interesting this year named Trevor Penning. Um, he's not the same athlete as Spencer Brown, but he's extremely talented. Um, and he's six, seven, three thirty. And no, exactly. there, there are a few athletes like Spencer Brown, like the only guy I could compare him to think of comparing him to was LeBron James, for God's sakes. Lane so, Johnson, maybe. Yeah, just I mean, just what a I mean, what a, what an athlete. I'm, I'm looking forward to him. I gassed him up enough again, the, you know, the phrase, who do I root for? I root for me. So I gassed up Spencer Brown enough that I want him to really succeed. Yeah. Well, keep an eye out for uh, Trevor Penning. Um, very getting a lot of hype right now. I'm going to share a little, some of his stuff on Twitter. Um, and uh, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Um, thank you for everybody for joining us. This is Broncos for breakfast. We're coming at you live next Tuesday at seven, seven thirty mountain time. So that'd be six thirty my time. So uh, I'm going to really need that coffee going. Uh, you guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, uh, Scott at scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall, MHH while you're over on Twitter, follow us at huddle up pod at mile high huddle uh, for everybody on Facebook today. Uh, enjoy all the heart reacts, Matt Henry, Jacob Roper, Ken Booker, Justin Tharp, Richard Torillo, uh, Gary leads Palmer, all the likes as well. We can, there's more than I can even list here. Um, if you guys are enjoying us on Facebook today, please click the thumbs up, click the hearts, share us on your Facebook uh, training camp is right around the corner. It's not just this show. It's all the shows. If you can share us uh, that can help us a lot and get new eyeballs on this content. While you guys are over on Facebook, please go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle um, and YouTube listeners. If you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share not just to the mile high huddle page, but also make sure you are sharing us on Scott's page as well. Um, which is, Oh, I thought I had it uh, quoted there, but I didn't, but uh, you guys can follow the Scott's page as well at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Also guys, you can click the auto sub for Scott. Um, I'm going to drop it in the super chat right now or the chat right now. Uh, if you guys click that link, it'll take you to uh, Scott's page. Scott, do you have anything new on the channel right now, or what's uh, what's planned? No, it's quiet. I'm I'm waiting until next week to start hitting on it. And uh, just to answer, you know, Tommy's question because I want to start doing some fantasy stuff. Uh, I am a good fantasy player. I don't particularly like it. I get too competitive. So I, I might play this year just so I can I can help with some of the picks and stuff. But yes, Mike Davis is going to be a top twelve running back for fantasy football. I think he's going to have a monster season for the Falcons. Certainly better than Todd Gurley did last year. Just based on schemes, he's going to get a ton of touches, uh, catching the ball, running the ball. He's going to be the clear cut number one for an offense that wants to run the ball. Yes, Mike Davis will be a good pick. Who comes off the board first uh, for the Broncos, Melvin Gordon or Javonta Williams? Melvin Gordon. You think he has a higher ADP? Probably because of the known quantity. Yep. I love, I just draft, honestly, my strategy in the draft is to take every single rookie running back. Because two of them are going to be great. I get you in trouble a lot, though. I, I used to play. I mean, that's where I ended up losing stuff. Just with my background, I love the the potential and the rookies. You, you go with a, a sure quantity, and then you live off the waiver wire on on get on tar, You know, hit sort by targets and touches uh, on the waiver wire in that first week, and that's how you win the league. Hmm. Yeah, that, that definitely helps. Um, I didn't do much fantasy. Maybe I'll do some this year as well. It just takes up a lot of time. Um, but and also, I'm competitive too. So like I. Yeah, I want to win so bad. So then it just starts taking up all my time and absorbs me. I I got invited. To, I started a league in '98. You know when we're doing box scores and spreadsheets, and it's still going. And my the, the people doing it, when I moved back here in '16, they invited me back into it, and I took over the worst team, the last place team, and I won the league, and it was a thousand dollar win. I'm like, um, you know, because somebody was stupid and protected a guy, so I got Ezekiel Elliott as a rookie. So thank you. Um, and then I, then I made some waiver wire moves and I won it. I won a thousand bucks. Yay. I'm like, but oh. you ever see Nick Saban coach? Does he ever look happy ever? No. Well, no. I made a thousand dollars. He makes about 8 million for about 8 million. I'd play more fantasy football. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm miserable. I'm like, I don't want to stay up till two in the morning on a Monday to see how my Monday night football guys did. That's, that's too late for me. So 
So I don't play, but I might this year. I might play. It helps me. It helps me keep up with everybody, and and uh, I like giving advice on these things because I am a good player. I just don't particularly like it. Yeah, I'm just. I definitely know that I am somebody who uh, can get obsessed with that kind of stuff. So uh, <laughs> takes up a lot of time. Problem. Yep. It's like, oh man, it's 3 a.m. Checking the data and whatnot. Can't saying, sleep. Oh, man. He needs one yep. more catch. What do you mean? I, I lost. A, I lost a championship one time. I think it was. It was Corey Dillon fumbled on Monday Night Football. Ugh. on uh you know to to take me out of the lead and lost two points and i lost by one and a half and i'm like i'm done with this i'm done with this that's the kind of stuff that happens to me when my money's on the line yeah absolutely well guys that's gonna do it for us we'll see you next tuesday also everyone stay safe uh training camp right around the corner super excited uh but until then love y'all go broncos